No, keep it coming. No, I'm. I swear, I'm done. Um, let me. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me go here. All right, I'm ready to go. Welcome back to Catechize, the podcast where we discuss the historic reform, <laughs> confessions, and catechisms. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, Saint John the D- the Divine, the, the giggly, the giggly saint. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was I was on a different tab on my computer and was just sort of babbling, and then I looked back and I was like, wait, Josh has been recording for a little while. I know now. I missed your song though. I don't know who this <laughs> Joe is that you're singing about or what song that is, but it no, sounded like I didn't a nice. Say... Joe, I said, I never mind. It doesn't no, no, matter. No, what was, <laughs> that, what was it? No, it, it's just some random. It's a, a random piece of electronic music. Electronic um, that, music? That sounded like something from like a like a hillbilly the, dance. It's got a weird. It's got a weird vocal effect going on it. But I'm glad. I'm glad I give my uh, covers of songs sound like hillbilly covers. Josh, that's great yeah, to well, hear. <laughs> when you're in Nashville next, you know. Just talk to. I'm sure every other person down there is a country star. You could just sing for them, and maybe they'll bring you into their act. Actually, my so you know my brother lives down there, and he, it's funny sometimes he'll be like. I remember I was on the phone with him once, and he was at a soccer game, and like in the middle of the phone call, he was like, "Wait, wait, that's Toby Mac. Toby Mac's at our uh, at our soccer game." That's wild. And, <laughs> and I was like, "How do you know?" And he's like, "Well, it's a guy who's like." A, a little bit too like dressed up for a soccer game and so i was looking over at him i was like that's toby mac <laughs> so uh so good so fun. Maybe, little... maybe toby mac will bring you on board yeah, for his that's... his uh toby's back again <laughs> album <Toby. laughs> uh yeah anyway no no disrespect to toby mac of course i uh grew up on his music so i'll support him Certainly. um go, go listen to his most recent album which i don't know the name of but i'm sure is there for your listening pleasure um i'm sure he does have a most recent album yeah that's true (laughs) it may may be a decade old but it is the most recent one (laughs) actually i I think he's still releasing music somewhat i don't know good i don't know anyways so we've got a a longer i don't know you never know how long these are gonna be um but we do have a question with the catechumens we actually got two and this is our last episode of the season so i'm trying to decide if with the second question that we're not going to get to today, if we do it next season or if we do, it, it could be its own footnote, footnotes and proof text. So uh, stay let's, tuned uh, people. Let's keep an eye on the timer. And if it looks like we're going late, we'll, we'll save it. I mean, we're definitely not doing it today. Okay. Whew, good. I, I was going to say, John, we we'll just, here we night. just went through the episode notes. You know that we're not, I'm not springing a secret I you'd question. Surprise <laughs> no, 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 no. I, weren't you listening? I said either next week, next season, or its own footnotes and previews. Fine. Are you even anyway, listening to me? I, Anyways, we I do have a question. Out. We do have a question this week. Um, it'll be a bit of a uh, uh, a countercultural hot take. Uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be spicy. Um, yeah. And um, and and we've got uh, got some beefier histories of the week and heresies of the week so it'll probably be more evenly split rather than front loaded but we'll see what happens you know yeah we we, i mean we never know you never know (laughs) we never know all right well shall we get into the catechism we're doing a question what's uh 87 today yeah 87 which means john we are exactly 20 questions away from the end of the catechism there's 107 questions baby i never Uh, after this week will be 20 i never thought we'd get this close 
I thought. Is that true? <laughs> okay, not really. <laughs> That's reassuring. Um, but yes, we are in question 87, which is the last of this kind of response to the law before we get into a, uh, our, our last two seasons. One will be on the means of grace and one will be on the Lord's Prayer. Um, and and that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for the first first catechism that we work through. And then we've got some stuff in store, folks. Yeah. Including Sweet. website and social media updates. Don't ask. They're coming. Don't ask. <laughs> Uh, yeah, promised by the end of January, and uh, it is still January, right, Josh? No, it is not, but that's okay. Anyway, shall we read the question? Yep. Also, John, I was just thinking about the day. You asked me how my day was, and I, I told you that it was nothing, and I forgot this. I'm grading <laughs> papers. <laughs> this is great. I'm grading papers in, in, this, in this culture class. Um <laughs> I, uh, I, I basically had my students like pick a piece of american culture because it's called engaging american culture pretty clever of me and it was yeah, like what does this played. cultural reality say about our culture and how should christians think and act in response to it and this one student wrote a paper and the title the title of the paper was american football and the first <laughs> sentence read are you ready Hit american me. football also known as american football <laughs> why would you say that (laughs) Uh, and this poor student like they did well but like like there's there's something in almost every paper where you're like did you did you read this did you read this to yourself (laughs) you started this out as a joke and it ended up as a paper um, yeah, American yeah. football is the title. American football, also known as American football. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And again, oh, it, it, the student did well, but but yeah, yeah, every like there's so many things, and usually it's just like an egregiously spelled word, and you're like, <laughs> did was the red line under the word no clue that this was incorrect or? <laughs> but whatever. Oh, Anyways, yeah. that's what I did today. I I I, I endured papers. Um, they're good. Nice. It's good. Teaching is great. Anyways, let's read the question, and then we'll Sweet. talk about it. And then we'll carry on. All right. Here we go. Question 87 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is repentance unto life? And the answer, repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby a sinner, out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ, doth with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God with full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience great and again for you question and answer number 87 uh of the westminster shorter catechism (laughs) (laughs) what is repentance unto life repentance unto life is a saving grace whereby whereby a sinner uh, out of a true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of god in christ does with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto god and full and with full purpose of an endeavor after new obedience. Great. I, I this this question includes a mental block for me that that my stupidity still cannot get beyond. And it's that like I know, I know that the word apprehension has multiple meanings. And I know what it means in its more I don't know. Oh like, yeah. It's older use. But I cannot, for some reason, every time I read it, I cannot get beyond apprehension, like hesitation. Like yeah. every time. Fear of the mercy of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it means to like grasp and take yeah. hold of. To apprehend. To apprehend. Yeah. But 
for some reason, even though I know that, the both meanings come into my mind at the same time, and I'm like, apprehension. Oh, yeah. And I, I hate how stupid my brain is not. It's Oh, whatever. That's, Anyways. That's, so here that's we are. How I, that's how I feel when I read the word, the word like apologetic or apology. You know, in the old sense, it's like give a defense of, thus apologetics. But whenever... I'm like, yeah. I'm so I'm sorry that I'm a I'm Christian. Presenting, <laughs> yeah, I'm presenting an apology of my... I am so sorry, guys, that I'm a Christian. This is just, you know, I know this is hard. Please forgive me. I yeah. am deeply sorry, and I humbly... Anyway, anyway yeah, so, we digress. Um, breaking it down, going through the answer of the question. Um, also, my, my, I've got a new setup because we're rearranging the the house or whatever and i just i can't be facing my mic and looking at my computer at the same time and it's killing me that's um, all right but josh we're almost 10 minutes into the episode and haven't even started the notes so. okay, okay 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 so uh working through the question we're talking about how repentance is first a saving grace um next a conviction and an understanding and grasping of the mercy of christ uh, a mourning and hatred of sin and a turning from sin to obedience that's what mm. repentance is, um, and and we can we I think we're going to long story short a lot of it because um, <laughs> a lot of it is kind of just a a slightly different application of previously discussed ideas like this first one that repentance yeah. is a saving grace and we've talked about that with justification with sanctification glorification with faith last week um, and basically yeah. just ditto <laughs> like repentance <laughs> is a saving grace in that repentance is a thing granted to God's people by God, by his grace, enabling them to receive Christ in the gospel. Faith and repentance are gifts from God. They are part of his grace. They are not contributions brought by the sinner um, in exchange for salvation. Repentance, likewise, is a saving grace. I was going to say, I think that's an important distinction and perhaps one of the more surprising things for a lot of listeners, because I, I at least grew up sort of being like, yeah, we're saved by faith alone and not by works. Um, but then sort of, you know, if you repent from your sins and turn to the Lord sort of was just the very kind of generic gospel call that you would often hear. and Which again so, has grounding because we are called yes. to repent and you're told to repent and you're told to turn from, turn from, turn from. Yeah. But what we often don't couple those commands with the realities like John, Jesus in John 6, I think 44, where he says, like, no one is able to come to the Father. No one yeah. is able to. And so it's like, you must do this, but you're not able to unless it, God grants it to you. Yeah. And so repentance, while it is something that you must do, is something that must first be granted to you yeah. by God and, and his grace. And I was going to say, as a simple gospel call, I have I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you're not going to get it. Well, let me explain to you what saving graces are. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, certainly not. Certainly so not. I, it, it works well, but, you know, just as someone who didn't have it explained to them at any point after being a Christian until much later, um, understanding it as a, you know, a gracious gift of God in itself. Repentance is a gift of God um, from his grace is, is a helpful thing to understand. Right. Because repentance is turning from sin and coming to Christ. And again, no one is able to come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. John six forty four. Cool. Sweet. Repentance is a saving grace. It is also um, a conviction, or or that's our way of summarizing the idea that it's a true sense of sin, uh, that, yeah. that we are convicted, oh, um, I am not mostly good. I am not, uh, like, I, I'm basically a good person, so I think I'll go to heaven when I die, <laughs> yeah. said every nominal Catholic and modern-day American um, yeah. who has any spirituality at all. Um 
that's not that like repentance is not repentance is a true and honest understanding of one's own sinfulness that 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 i am a sinner who does sin i i am guilty by nature and action um and, and i like we look at the law and we honestly uh like unlike the rich young ruler we we know that we have not kept all of these from our youth and we yeah. say I am guilty of this. And I think Ray Comfort is a guy who like, uh, he's a, he's kind of like a, a street evangelist. Mo- mostly, I think, yeah. um, famously the banana man. I think we've talked about it. Good dude. I think he's Australian. He's something from down I, there. Yeah. He's Australian. I really like that guy. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy him as well. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Um, topic for another time, maybe, but, but he's really great at being like, like he 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 breaks down the Ten Commandments in a disarming way, and he's like, "Well, have you done this?" And the person's like, "Well, yeah, of course." And he's like, "Oh, so you're a liar, murderer, hater of God, and hater of others who would blah blah blah." Uh, and he really and everyone's like, "Oh," and he's really good at, at breaking down the Ten Commandments in a way that are graspable, leading people to the like necessary conclusion of their own guiltiness, and that's yeah. part of repentance. Repentance is is a sincere recognition of one's own sinfulness. Yeah, I well, okay. One last thing I'd add. I think um, conviction is is helpfully um, connected to the Holy Spirit, and so um, one of the ways you can you can see that repentance is a saving grace, and that the Holy Spirit works conviction into you, and so you know you feel guilt, you feel the weight of your sin. That's not you just suddenly being like, you know what? All of a sudden, my uh, my mind is being reoriented to understand good to be what Christ, you know, or what God declares to be good and bad to be what bad. You know, I didn't say that clearly. Basically, no, no, let no. me re-say <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, um, it's not that suddenly you're, you have changed from someone who used to think evil was good to someone who now thinks good is good. It's because the Holy Spirit is working in you to make you realigned with the will of god and so conviction is itself a work of the holy spirit and a saving grace nice i think that's great clarification yeah and with that conviction with that conviction comes the other side of the coin which is the next thing in the answer which is this understanding this grasping of this apprehension of it's a word we know it um (laughs) this apprehension of the mercy of god that yeah I, it's not woe is me look at how burdensome my sins are i'd better pick up this unbearable load and drag it as far as i can it's <laughs> yeah. not this all hope is lost i'd better just go die in a corner like this conviction is a conviction that is immediately followed because when you are convicted of the law rightly in the pro- proclamation of the gospel um, you are also met with the perfect keeping of the law in Christ and the offering of his righteousness for you mercifully. And, and so this conviction is is inseparable from this reality that we, while we are convicted, the true conviction of our sinfulness is accompanied by the perfect righteousness of Christ, which is extended to us, but graciously in the gospel. And so we say, look at how needy I am. Um, because on my own, I have broken the law and merit only wrath. But mm-hmm. look at Christ who has kept the law and offers me his righteousness and offers to take my sinfulness and have it punished on him on the cross. 
And, and so this repentance is not just a turning. It's, it's not just a conviction that, that drives us down. It's a conviction that turns us, which is what repentance is, which is what we'll talk mm-hmm. about in a moment. But it's a, it's a conviction that turns us into the arms of Christ who, who offers himself mercifully for us. Um, and, and a recognition of my guilt is so much that I have nothing to do and can do nothing. And yet Christ has done it all. Um, and I turn to the completed work of Christ offered on my behalf um, because there's nowhere else to turn because of how, because yeah. I recognize my gultiness and sin. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on, nothing, keep on keeping on. Look at us, nothing. John. We've, it's like six minutes. We've already moved we're, some other things. We're flying. Man, we're really imbalanced, but what we're flying. <laughs> uh, this is going to be an interesting one to listen to. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm having a good time. I'm feeling alive. I had a cup of coffee in the afternoon, so I'll never <laughs> sleep again. But uh, I had taco. Uh, I had tacos for uh, for dinner tonight, so I'm feeling good as well. We had Mexican as well. It was kind of a bowl. We're healthy, you know. Anyways, <laughs> um, I was supposed to. I was supposed to to cube the avocado and i smashed it because i forgot because i'm on autopilot and i'm stupid but uh, gosh this is irrelevant anyways so beyond this recognition of the mercy of god in christ um uh, like there is not a dismissal of the guilt it's not like i'm guilty but who cares jesus it's a uh but i i turn into christ uh, in his loving arms in this offer of mercy uh, and and I am a mourner and hater of my sin. I both mourn yeah. the sin that that has uh, offended the God who made uh, made me and loves loves all benef- benevolently and loves loves his people particularly. <laughs> I'm forgetting the distinction of beneficent and benevolent. Yeah. Um, but but the the God who made and, and saved me. Um, and I have grieved him with my sin, and so we mourn it. But we also hate it because when we are confronted with our own guilt and confronted with the mercy of Christ, we 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 ought to hate the evil both because of the offense offense and the affront that it is to God, and because it is my sinfulness that drove Christ to the cross. It is my sinfulness that drove the nails into his hands, the sword into his side and the the crown of thorns over his brow. That's my sin that did that. And and so the sin, like, like this is something that we often don't like if sin is even paid attention to in modern Christianity, it's like, man, sin is a shame, huh? It's bad. And it makes you need Jesus. But we aren't often taught that sin is a thing to be hated and we should hate our sin both because of what like the offense that it is and because of like the mercy of Christ is the endurance of the punishment and the wrath that we deserve for our sins. And so we love the mercy offered in Christ and we hate our sin because it is our sin that, um, that, that brought the wrath of God upon Christ who took it willingly for us. And we should hate that evil, um, that, 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 uh, that he lovingly bore willingly for us. And I think like I, with one of my classes read Augustine's confessions and they were all very bothered by Augustine's hatred of his sin. Um, Mm. uh, which was, was sad to me that, that, that so broadly and so extensively in Christianity today, we are not taught that sin is something to be hated uh, because it is a perversion of God's design for us and others, because it is the root of the corruption and destruction of all things, because it is an offense to the God who made us. um, And because it is the, the cause of 
the suffering of Christ, though yeah. he took it willingly, it is still the cause of it. And 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 we 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 are so scared of talking about how sinful people are that we don't hate sin. We're not taught that sin is something yeah. to hate, and that's sad. I, don't know. I I think I think um, I think it is helpful to realize sort of like what how great the evil must be that it took the death of um the son of god to bear it you know i think that's a helpful sort of distinction to make and i think to your point josh about kind of how we've started to view it i think you know going way back to i think season two when we talked about um uh the fall leading man into a, uh, an estate of sin and misery we emphasize this misery component like oh the world is hard isn't it terrible how sin has caused bad things to be done to you you know um, if we emphasize sin, that is oftentimes what we emphasize. Like I yeah. remember hearing like youth ministry talks that usually sort of like the world is so hard and you're struggling so much because of how hard it is and the evils around you. And it didn't ever like swing it around to you. And also your own sin. <laughs> right. And I think that's an important part. And, you know, it makes repentance an important element of it because you realize not only do like the world is so sinful i need christ you're like i am so sinful i need christ right and i think that's something that we lose when we sort of deny the effects of sin in our own lives right and when we're when we don't address sin and we're not taught to hate sin then we don't understand the wrath of god and we don't understand how it is just for god to punish sinners and beyond that we don't understand how loving and gracious christ was to take our sin on the cross because if it's not a big deal then the death of christ is not a big deal and that sucks that's so frustrating and sad and and worthy of mourning and hating like Hate your sin because it is it, it it drove Christ to the cross, which he willingly did. Look at his love. Uh, yeah. It's an affront. It's an affront and an offense to God, who made everything good. It is the reason that everything is bad, <laughs> um, yeah. and and it is it is harmful to you and your neighbor. It is the it, it's the most just object of hatred. Hate hate sin, hate yeah. sin, um, and in your hatred of sin love Christ um, yeah. and recognize his, his grace and mercy. And again, yep. because we hate sin, like, and this is the last part of repentance um, because we hate sin, we turn away from it and we seek to live a life of obedience. And that's all like, because we don't hate sin as we should today. Usually we also don't think that it's that big of a deal. If I keep on sinning, we, we don't recognize that repentance, which is a lifelong, like walking with God, um, not that like like a lifelong walking with God that merits or, or or results in some final justification like a Roman Catholic or a new perspective person would understand it. Um, but that that uh, repentance is this like it's a change of life because you have been changed and given new life. And um, we because we should hate sin and turn to Christ, recognizing his mercy and grace, we should walk in the newness of life. Uh, rather than in sin, that repentance yeah. is a turning from sin, not at a moment, but for all of life. And because we don't hate sin, we don't discipline ourselves to turn from sin and turn to Christ enough. And so our 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 continuation in sin and uh, is is prolonged. Our sanctification is stalled, and our living in obedience to Christ is delayed. And that's bad. 
Uh, yeah. But repentance is those things. Repentance is a, a battling with sin and a turning from sin into Christ uh, because of what he has done for you, because you recognize yeah. the burden and guilt and wickedness and hate, hate worthiness of sin. And you recognize the grace, mercy and love of Christ. And you turn from the ugly thing to the beautiful thing. Yeah. Obviously. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Shall we, uh, shall we move on to Das history of the week? Nothing to add. Nothing no, to add to my ramblings. I was going to say, I feel like you said the same thing like three times. Oh, no, probably. (laughs) All right, let's move on. History of the week. (laughs) Cool. So the mayor, the, the, this week's history of the week is some, is a, a, a kind of debate from the early to mid 1700s, like the 1720s ish, um, called the marrow controversy. Um, the marrow controversy um, is it, it, rooted in um, this this book that was written actually in the 1600s um, called The Marrow of Modern Divinity. It was republished or reprinted in the 1700s, and it led to a debate at the Presbytery of Octorotter, <laughs> which is in <laughs> Scotland. Um, and, 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 and I'm going to modernize the translation of a part. So, um, because it's, because I don't want to read it, whatever, um, yeah. and explain it. It's at, whatever. Um, but at this presbytery in Octorada, they came up with this Octorada creed, which one of the lines read that it is not sound and orthodox to teach that we must forsake sin in order to come to Christ. It is not sound and orthodox to teach that we must forsake sin in order to come to Christ. And what, Mm. and, and there was a debate at this Presbyterian following that um, argued like like the the a lot of people at the presbytery condemned that statement. They they didn't like that, uh, and and they were called the neo nomians, new law. Um, and then there were uh, twelve guys. Um, Thomas Boston is one. He's one of the guys actually that we've referenced in this uh, show before. Um, he wrote a book about the shorter uh, shorter catechism or sermon sermon series, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyways, but they were called the Marrow Men because they stood by this statement. And basically, the debate is is over the idea of is repentance necessary as a prerequisite to faith and 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 salvation, um, or is repentance part of faith and salvation? Is it part of the saving grace of God? Um, and the Marrow men uh, affirmed what we what we have been saying this whole time. They affirmed what what is contained in the shorter catechism that that it is not sound and orthodox to teach that you must repent in order to come to Christ, but yeah. um, and prior to and to kind of and and hearing that you're like. Well, what the heck? Yeah, you do have to repent. Of course you do, and that's yeah. what the catechism says also. But, but what the but the marrow controversy did, and what those who rejected that statement did, was they did with repentance similar to what last week's heresy did with faith. They made repentance a work that preceded um, salvation, uh, yeah. rather than a a part of the grace of God. Um, that uh, I'm going to quote a. a pastor theologian i actually forget if he's a pastor definitely a theologian (laughs) named derek thomas and he said um if you insist on a certain quality of repentance before you are eligible to believe and you put repentance before faith in the order of salvation you are in danger of making that repentance a work in other words 
Repentance becomes a mark of your acceptability with God that puts the notion of grace in jeopardy. And again, the question is, do we repent and then, um, and then, and then are regenerated, have faith and, 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 uh, like, do, do, do we have to turn from sin first or is our turning from sin a part of our, our, our experience of salvation and regeneration? Yeah. Um, and we, we believe that the Bible teaches that we must understand that repentance is a part of our regeneration and experience of salvation, because if we must repent prior to, then that repentance becomes a work, um, and we we turn from sin and then are the recipients because we have turned from sin of the grace of God. And that makes repentance a work. Um, in reality, it was much more a semantic debate, but the consequences of the semantic debate, uh, again, put grace in jeopardy. Um, and, and so this, this history basically is a glimpse of this kind of nuance of discussing what is the nature of the relationship between grace and repentance. We must be clear in in how we speak in asserting that that repentance is a is a result of grace it's a part of our experience of grace it again is something that is commanded of us required of us and yet we are not able to do it unless we are unable to by the grace of god uh, and and it is not a prerequisite to salvation but part of 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 salvation as we yeah yeah i've i've always i've appreciated this the the discussion of the marrow controversy because it at the end of the day what is clear is just sort of the the further and increased emphasis upon the grace of god uh, right. because there was sort of this like you know josh like you you summarize basically um a lot of people were sort of like yep yeah, like this guy who has never you know who's who is sinning every day left and right he has not showed any signs of uh, you know, outward signs of change, and he wants to become a Christian. We're not going to let him in here. Like he's not—he's not a Christian. Um, and the idea is like, well, no, you're not the judge of that. Um, in terms of like, it's not that they—I uh, mean, obviously, you have to live a Christian. You know, once you're <laughs> right. a Christian, you are supposed you do, to you bear do, the fruit yeah, of a Christian. You got, and, but, and and repentance, you do have to repent. Yes, but you don't. Yeah, this. But it's not a. You've done enough beforehand. Now you can become a Christian. It's you know you are offered the grace of Christ even in the midst of your sin. Now, therefore, having been saved by Christ, go and sin no more. Right, and it's yeah, it's not the the way that this played out was that there was like this. You must see some evidence of repentance before like their their status as repentant and faithful We're not baptizing and, and regenerated until, yeah. was was granted and that yeah like yeah yeah interesting. so it's an interesting thing look into it look into the marrow controversy it's very nuanced and specific but but it's interesting yeah it's good good clean fun yeah uh, shall fun we go for the to whole the, family maybe not um, the whole family maybe not the youngest maybe they're like <laughs> maybe wait till they can comprehend larger uh yeah or like thoughts anyway anyway history heresy that's what i meant that's what i meant i said heresy of the week the whole time heresy of the week josh and today oh today we got kind of a fun one um so um (laughs) interesting okay uh, kind of okay so heresy of the week this week um as we always say sometimes they're not formal heresies but and today is sort of in that category today um 
we're basically talking about so in the question it says you know you you know grieve and hate your sin today what we're going to be talking about as the heresy of the week is basically an extension of that hatred where we not only hate our sin but we hate ourselves um one of the um it's funny i was watching a movie actually that was portraying like medieval christianity and one of the ways what that movie this, is that it's called the seventh seal it's a it's a huh. sw- swedish movie uh ingmar bergman it's like uh from the 50s wow. anyway I'm kind of. That was the guy. most pretentious thing you've ever said in your life. Thank you. Hey, you asked. I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> going to bring it up. <laughs> but no, you did um, bring it up. But I did ask for more information. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but anyway. Um. So in this movie, they portrayed. Uh, it's self-flagellation, not flatulation. Flagellation. Yeah, got to get a good Basi- fart joke in there. Yeah, had to do it. But basically, <laughs> what this was in the medieval church, and you know, there's probably someone somewhere still in the world who does this but basically it was like whipping yourself you would like um like whip your your own back and the idea was like you were punishing yourself for your sin you're doing you're paying penance for your sin you're um but what this is you know where that came from is that people were not only hating their sin but they were you know despising themselves as a human and the reason that this is a heresy is because it's it misses the well first of all obviously that's not in the catechism question so but it misses <laughs> yeah so and if it's not in the catechism question it's a heresy but i'm um, kind of actually i don't know but anyway so but but the main point is that it um it totally conflates um the sinner with the sin um and this is wrong you know jesus died for the sinner jesus died for you um and so you rightly should hate what Christ hates, which is the sin, but you should not treat yourself as a despicable object. And I think, to be honest, I think sometimes even reform circles have, they kind of overplay this. I feel like oftentimes when we talk about total depravity, there's a lot of like dumping on yourself, like I'm garbage, trash, right. like, and you know, if you're saying your sin is garbage and trash, that is very true. But you do not want to view yourself in that way. You're still, however marred, an image bearer of God, created and in also, his image, and died for by Christ. Go ahead. And it, well, and also it it denies, um, it denies the completed work of Christ that the sin in you has been removed, and yeah. it also rejects this idea that again, that Christ has already suffered the punishment for that, but also that it, it rejects the reality that you're a new creation in Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and so this, this, the, the, yeah, it, it rejects um, a lot of the realities taught by the gospel about the believer and their status before God and their status as a sinner and the, the reality of their sins. And it rejects all of those things. Um, and, 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 yeah. And one other thing is at- you know, maybe to be particular, you know, most of our listeners probably aren't really wrestling with self-flagellation, but um, what I'd say, one one sort of maybe way to tie it in more in a more modern context is that oftentimes I feel like I encounter Christians who have sort of a, you know, they kind of despise themselves. There's sort of this like obsession with, um kind of tearing themselves down and treating themselves as if they're 
you know, I'm awful and all of this. And I'd say, first of all, for all the reasons we've already said, that's just not helpful. And um, and it's not true. And then second of all, it ultimately, I think, is derived from from not so much a like a longing to um, to be like Christ. It's derived oftentimes, I think, from sort of a selfishness where we are we our focus is on ourselves. You know, I'm not good enough and just sort of um, we're constantly paying attention and uh, emphasizing our ourselves rather than focusing on Christ realizing he has died for our sins and, and, and that yeah go ahead well uh, and also not just focusing on ourselves but focusing on a false reality of ourselves we yes. are not yeah we are not believing what jesus says about us we're not believing ourselves to be what jesus says is true of those who are his um yeah 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 so i think i think in a way you know although the medieval version of it is not super popular it's it's still a very kind of popular heresy that many people deal with. And I, I can even f- relate to it sometimes where you get frustrated and angry with yourselves or with yourself. And so I, I get it. But yeah, for all these reasons, I think it's important that we acknowledge that this is not the way it should be. We should despise our sinfulness and understand that that is, you know, and when you continue terrible. to sin, hate that sin. Like when you do a sin, hate that mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. Yes. But 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 don't hate yourself because you sinned. Yeah. 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 So I think I think, you know, and obviously on the flip side, we're not encouraging like you're a beautiful shining star of wonderfulness, right. you know, or like uh, uh, don't don't forget to hate to... your sin. <laughs> but but <laughs> but don't overdo it. Like don't yeah. don't don't yeah, don't yeah, <laughs> I was well. I was gonna say it's funny because it's sort of a balance because we already mentioned like if you don't hate your sin, you are uh, you know you're basically going in the direction of kind of this uh, like modern liberal view of sin. Sin's not there. You're great. Um, but if you if you hate both your sin and yourself, you're going you're erring in the other direction. And uh, so yeah, don't find the balance that. there. Hate your sin, but don't hate yourself. Yeah. But do hate your sin. But, but do not hate your sin. <laughs> yep. Uh, all, right, all right. Shall we get to the uh, question? Questions with the catechumens. Yes, again from a repeat writer. Thanks for writing in, Ian. Uh, great question. Um, uh, basically, long story short, what does Peter mean when he calls women the weaker vessel? For those of you who are like, what the heck? Let me read to you from 1 Peter 3. First Peter three seven, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll go to the context later, but whatever. It's it's in the context of Peter instructing wives and husbands in their relationship with one another. Yeah. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Again, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a, as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Mm. All right. Buckle up time to make some enemies. (laughs) I was going to say one, one thing, one thing real quick, Josh, at the outset, sometimes like, I remember one time reading, uh, I was in a class and um, 
right. Yeah, it was. And basically, there were a bunch of women in the class and we were reading from uh, First Timothy, I think, two, And we just read the passage and there was this sort of like like shame feeling in the room and kind of I don't know it. But it was it was a weird dynamic. And basically, the point I'm trying to make is that this is in the Bible. Me and Josh are not like you know, oh yeah, we just came up with some sort of like, we wanted to say something derogatory about women or something like that. This is clearly in the Bible and it is not intended to be derogatory towards anyone. It's the word of God. And so I think it's important that we approach it with that mindset from the outset, realizing that this is not just like a, ooh, like me and Josh want to pick something spicy. It's like, this is Peter talking in the the word of God, and we're just going to try and break it down as best we can. Right. And we should believe everything that the Bible says about men and women, regardless of whether it makes sense or sounds good to our modern sensibility. Yeah. Like we should believe that uh, with with God, who said that, that men and women are of equal value, dignity, and honor, equally bearing his image, Genesis 1, um, like it, it's there clearly. Let's yeah. make man in our image in the image of God. He made the male and female. He created them. Um, and, and we, and we should believe that and we must, but yeah. the Bible is consistent and God is always good. And so it is just as good to assert and on whatever this passage is saying, as it is to assert that women are of equal value, dignity, and honor. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and I was, was going to say the passage itself says that co-heirs the grace, you know, right, like, so right. it's, yeah, it's right there. Right. And and we, um, and I think even the conclusion will be uncomfortable for some, at least the conclusion that I, I'm going to share. Um, yeah. It, it, but, but we need to not be ashamed of God's good design just because the culture around us wants us to be embarrassed. Um, the world's rebellion against God and his design only ever leads to harm. And we should start acting like we believe that God is both good and creator. And so if yeah. God made a thing a certain way, then it's good. And it doesn't matter what the world around us says about it. If God made it that way, then it's good and we shouldn't be embarrassed about it. And we are in a world that increasingly calls for us to be embarrassed about the things that God says, particularly as they relate to sex and gender. So, yep, let's, let's get those preliminary comments. um, uh, The first thing is that, that the, the reality of women being the weaker vessel is not in question. It's, it's asserted as true. Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Now, the question yeah. is, what do, what does Peter mean by weaker vessel? Um, and, and that's a good question to ask, and we're going to do our best to answer it. But this, like, like in, in a world that wants to pretend that men and women are the same, um, which sucks. Um, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. And it's bad. That's bad. For, it, it is not loving to men or women to pretend that what makes... A, a, a woman a good woman or a man a good man is is how similar they can be to the other sex that's that's the god made them different and it's good that we're different yeah um and one of those differences is according to scripture that women are the weaker vessel so what what does peter mean by that then what does he mean that women are the weaker vessel um yeah and one of the i i, I we both did a little bit of research <laughs> Yeah. As as uh, as you should when you're engaging with <laughs> with things like this. Um, and one <laughs> no, of the I things like that, <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the points that I really appreciated was that when we ask about the nature of this weakness, 
um, that, 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 that women are weaker. When we're looking at the nature of that, the weaker nature of women, well, what kind of weakness is it? Well, according to Peter, it is a weakness that should be honored. So whatever it means that women are the weaker vessel, that is an honorable reality. And we, we don't like it's not a first inclination of our hearts and minds to think that weaker can be honorable, but that's yeah. what Peter says that whatever he means by women being the weaker vessel, that, that, that quality is an honorable quality. Um, and, and the comparison that, uh, like, like, so this, the nature of this weakness is that is it, that is a weakness to be honored. Um, yeah. And, and one thing that I liked, uh, that, again, that I heard building off of that, um, it, the idea that women are weaker in an honorable way, uh, is that, like, weakness, like, things, things like, we honor what we value. Um, and, and weakness, it, it, like, is, is not necessarily a derogatory idea. Um, like, for example, when it, like, if you have a Fabergé egg... A Fabergé egg is an infinitely valuable thing, um, mm. and they are weaker than pickaxes, <laughs> but they are, they're far more valuable. Like, yeah. like a pickaxe is stronger than a Fabergé egg. You could crush a Fabergé egg with a pickaxe with very little effort. All you would have to do is drop the pickaxe near the Fabergé egg, <laughs> and it would break it. It's far stronger. Uh, but the Fabergé egg is far um, more valuable. And, and so weak, th- this weakness that ought to be honored, w- which is part of the design, it's not a, it's not a fluke or a mess up. It, women aren't weaker because of some mistake of the fall. But women yeah. are weaker um, in a way that is to be honorable. That weakness is a good thing. Um, and, and we are to on- – like, we honor what we value. And, and again, this, so whatever this weakness is, it's an honorable thing. And and um, weakness is not the only valuable quality, or strength is not the only valuable quality. Sometimes weakness is, because yeah. sometimes weakness is possessed by things that are particularly valuable, like a Fabergé egg relative to a pickaxe. And Josh, super quick, let me throw something in. Um, just I think I think when we read weaker, because our um, context is so um, sort of geared towards power is good, you know be strong, powerful, all these things, that's sort of seen as the good. When we read weaker, we think bad. But what the passage is not saying is men are good or men are better than women or something like that. It's right. it's not making that. That is us reading into it our own cultural biases about what we think stronger and weaker means. Um, so just right. a quick side note. Right. Um, now, what what my understanding is 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 given the context, and Peter is talking about husbands and wives here, and and, and he and he appeals for women to live, women and men and women, husbands and wives to live in a way that is godly, contrary to the world. Um, and mm-hmm. so he's talking about honorable, godly behavior for husbands and wives in First Peter three, the beginning of First Peter three, um, and and it is speaking to the the the, the like natural nature of men and women in his instruction for both um and and so like there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of explanation and we don't like the word weaker so i think a lot of modern interpretations and applications of this passage want the weaker to be some like cultural reality or some some other like socioeconomic condition or some like like metaphorical thing but like it's pretty straightforward in the text, and 
like previously cold take that is now for some reason a hot take (laughs) women are weaker than men like physically um women and generally speaking like yes there's some ukrainian woman who could bench press a house but (laughs) like (laughs) but generally speaking women are weaker physically um and and in a sense and again weaker is only understood as derogatory but it's not necessarily derogatory women are weaker in an emotional sense as well and again that's not a bad thing that's a it's a design function not a fluke Hey, it's Josh. Sorry for the awkward interlude. Um, After recording, John and I realized that I did not explain the thing that I just said. I'm reinserting this after the fact um, about stating that, generally speaking, women are weaker emotionally. Because, again, the whole point that we're trying to make here is that this weakness, as Peter mentions it, is not a weakness um, or, or this weaker, women being the weaker vessel, um, is not a weakness in that it is a flaw or something that is lesser. Uh, and so and it, it's really easy. It's, well, not really easy, but it's easier to explain that women are physically weaker um, because that's kind of just scientifically observable. Um, and then, which must be followed again by that's not a flaw or a lesser reality or um, some sort of derogatory statements. It, it, it's merely an observation of design that God designed men and women differently. And one of the functions of those designs uh, is, is men have a greater physical strength and, and it's good that men are stronger physically and it's good that women are weaker physically because that's the way God designed it according to the purpose for which he made men and women. Um, and we talk about that more later. A little, um, <laughs> uh, but we didn't really explain more um, emotional weakness and that could sound like a much hotter take and a much less kind or helpful thing. But here's what we mean by that. Um, and the, 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 that again, weakness is not necessarily a flaw or a problem. Um, and when, when, when we talk about emotional being emotionally weaker, um, there is a greater tenderness and a greater, um, a greater susceptibility to showing and responding emotionally in women. And that's a good thing because it's part of God's design. Um, and so, um, and, and this can be abused in, in either way. Um, either we say that the, the emotional tendencies of women are a weakness and that's bad and they should, should not be that way. That's a, an error. And it's also an error to say that because that's how women are, that it's wrong for men to cry or be emotional. And that's also bad. And so that's not what we're saying. Um, but this idea that women are weaker emotionally is, is, is just, again, an observation of the design with which God made men and women. Um, and we're talking, if Peter says that this weak, weaker nature relative to men and women is a, a thing to be honored, well, what, what maybe comparison can help us with that? And the one that we kind of talked about was this idea that like steel is much stronger than memory foam. Um, but I would much rather sleep on a mattress of memory foam than steel. And there are times where weakness, like the, if it can be called that circumstantially, is a good thing. Um, and um, one of the ways that I was, when I was thinking about this in, as I prepared to re-record this little edition, was that I, I would like, I would much rather um follow my dad downstairs if there was an intruder in the home than my mom. I would much rather follow him. Um, uh, but 
when I am in need of compassion or comfort, um, when I was young, uh, I, I would rather go to my mom for that. And now I would rather go to my wife for that than some of my close friends who are guys um, because of the, the, the emotional capacity of women that is different than men. And that can be, I think, accurately described as, a, as being weaker um, as long as we remember that weaker is not a derogatory statement but merely one that qualifies a reality that is created and part of design and that is, again, a thing to be honored. So I hope that's helpful and I hope it's also helpful in the context of what we go on to say. Um, if not, you know, send us some questions on, on Instagram or, or at catechize at gmail.com. You know the spiel. Um, back to the regular recording. Sorry for this interlude. I hope it's helpful. Bye. And basically the instruction Peter is giving to husbands is women are the weaker vessel. Like they are. And that's part of how God designed them. They're more valuable. Well, not more valuable. They're, they're, they're valuable. And this is a part of their value is their, their, their weaker nature is a part of their value. Like a Fabergé egg is more valuable than a, than a pig X. Um, and so you husbands as the ones made to who are stronger, um, you are to use your strength to cherish and honor the thing that is weaker, not to abuse, criticize, diminish, um, belittle, walk over, uh, uh, whatever, the, the weaker thing. But your strength is made to honor, dignify, uplift, protect, guard, um, um, uh, cherish, and... Um, yeah, whatever, the weaker vessel. Yeah. A- and so... This instruction is don't be like the world. God made the world a certain way. Men are stronger. Um, and use your strength for the honoring of the woman. That's why you exist. <laughs> That's what you're for. That's part of what you're for. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think simply what Peter is doing here is he is observing a created reality. Men are stronger than women. And he's saying that this is a good thing. Look at the world around you where men use their strength to oppress and abuse and belittle and demean women. You cannot do this because their weakness is something to be honored as a valuable thing of who and what women are. And so honor and love your wives for their weakness um, because it, uh, that, like, that's what your strength is for. And it's not saying that women are weak and useless and inferior. Um, but it's saying that part of men's nature as compared to women's nature is that men are stronger and that strength cannot be used to do anything but honor and cherish and and uphold women, uh, not oppress, belittle, demean. Yeah. Whatever. I, 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 yeah, I think I think even even when we talk about men being stronger physically, I think one of the the main ways we can look at it, because obviously it's not like women are like, oh, we you know just need they're just fragile and you know it's like women give birth they're they're tough in in ways right. but women women are um but what i mean is women are like more like exploitable more um vulnerable and and so in that way the man is certainly to protect the woman physically in the sense that she, he is to protect her from being exploited being taken advantage of being abused in any way and so that's the proper relationship of right man and woman yeah yeah and our modern sensibilities don't like that because we want to say that men are women and women are men and they're basically the same except 
like do you have or don't have certain body parts and that's that's not true and the more that we believe the world and pretend that men and women are the same the more harm will be done to both men and women um and 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 so this instruction that is so countercultural, so easily to be embarrassed about, is simply pointing out the created design. And again, God did not design bad things. He looked at the world he made and called it good. Um, and and so this weakness is a part of the good design of God. It's how it's supposed to be, but it is being abused by by sinful men and women. And so we need to push back against that abuse, whatever form it takes, whether it's the oppression of women or the pretending that women are the same thing as men um and yeah. we need to lean into god's created design and say the guy who made this the good maker of all things says this is how it is and so it's going to be best for men and women to live in accordance with the design of the maker um yeah. and, and so whatever the world's perversion of the design is don't do it remember this and yeah. i think and I think if we want to go contextually, historically, the emphasis for Peter would have been on honor um, because like like the countercultural thing would be to honor the weakness um, because it, it, there was a like back then it was much more exploitative. Uh, the world was much more exploitative than women to women. Yeah. And now I think it would be to 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 like acknowledge the weakness, acknowledge yeah. that women are different than men. And then in light of that, let that difference and distinction between women and men be the means by which we honor husbands honor their wives. Yeah. You know, I think this sort of thing is always this sort of passage. Like there are ones that I read um, that when I read them, I'm just sort of like, Ugh, this passage annoys me a little bit. It like, and what I mean by that is that it challenges me. It goes, it, it makes me realize that, I like that I I'm not serving a God made in my own image because God does things that I don't, you know, I maybe wouldn't naturally like, but the problem there is me and not God. And so I think this is an example of a passage that um, I think is good. It's great that it's in the Bible because it challenges us to realize that, you know, we do not serve a God made in our own image. Um, It's not as though God, it's like, Oh yeah, God is a, you know, non-judgmental, inclusive, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's like, well, that would be a God in your own image. But when we read the Bible, that's not what we see of of the true God. And this is an example of that, where we read a passage right. where it's just like, ugh, it almost, it like, it's almost shocking. It like, it hits you when you read it because it's like, oh, that's different than um, what I would necessarily like. And and just as a quick side note, th- this passage is is one that's for us. But I'd imagine if we read the Bible in the you know fifteen you know you know a thousand years ago, let's say they would have very different ones that jumped out to them. This would probably not be a controversial take at all. Yeah. But passages, I don't know, perhaps relating to the you know exorbitant grace of God or something like that would have been much more like, Ooh, wait, I was I'm not used to this. This is challenging for me. I'm used to having to pull myself up by my bootstraps or something like that. And so it's cool that there are different passages that challenge us and are uh, misconceptions at different times in history. So, yeah, yeah. no. And, and, and just to kind of like reiterate that 
this passage would have been one that for years up till very recently, I would have tried to make excuses about and try and explain away the word weakness um, yeah. because it, it, it made me uncomfortable and I didn't like it and whatever, but it's like, we again should should stop being embarrassed about the word of God and start believing that God is both creator and good. And so if mm. it's if it's the way that he made it, then it's good and I must conform to it. Um and and I and I I wouldn't have had that um up till very recently because yeah. again we're we are all always being conformed into the image of God and being challenged to um put aside our our sensibilities and conform them to the, to the wisdom of Christ. And now as I think about it, I, I see and I understand and I, what I believe is that what Peter is saying is that women are weaker. That's to be honorable because that's a part of God's design. And so when we, when we look at women as the weaker vessel, we are to honor them according to how God made them because the ways that they are weaker are strengths of female nature. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Um, uh, well. I, I hope that was helpful. Talk to us. Uh, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be back in a little bit with possibly a footnotes and proof text. Um, I mean, John, can I do the ending thing? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's bring it home. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks with the footnotes and proof text. Possibly, if not, just the beginning of season seven. We'll get to the question uh, from another uh, uh, consistent asker. Thank you um, for always reaching out. Um, and we'll, we'll get to it next, whether that be in a questions with the catechumens or footnotes and proof text, TBD. Uh, but we'll be back uh, after a short break with season seven, which will be discussing the means of grace, which will include the sacraments. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, it'll be a good old fun time. So please write Heck to yeah. us always, whether it be relevant, uh, like this other question that we didn't do is, or irrelevant, but curious, like the question about Weaker Vessel is. Whatever it is, ask your questions, bring them to us, and we'll talk about them. Um, and we'll do our best to answer. And please follow up if you want more. If you're like, that was helpful, but but like 10% helpful. Could you give me the other 90%? Follow up and we will. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram at catechizepod check uh we have a website it's in progress but you can go to the old website which is currently live <laughs> catechized at catechized.org not at anything it's not an email but we do have an email catechized at gmail.com where you can send us thoughts questions concerns complaints whatever's um uh comment like subscribe <laughs> or all of that stuff on apple podcasts and spotify and the other places that you listen share this with a friend um special thank you to our two patrons you guys uh, are, are genuinely helping us um and we really appreciate it uh, the, there's yeah. several ways to support us on patreon there's also several ways to support us um with without uh given money whether it be following or liking or sharing or whatever um thank or, you, you to know, those who have you know left what? reviews you know what just last thing you can support us by praying for us as well i'll just absolutely yeah. Always, certainly. A little prayer for clarity and for wisdom is, is never hurt. Um, but anyway, there we go. But yeah, also, f thank you to people who do pray for us and, and also for those who have left recent reviews and comments. Again, that does help. Um, please, yeah, share this if you think it's helpful. Keep tuning in and, and let us know how we can be can be serving you because that's why we do this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Catechist your kids. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>